Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we continue looking at some of the greatest prayers in the Bible with Dr. Kenneth Hill, and Von Schatzer is here to share the impact Watchmen on the Wall has had on his life. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. For 89 years, this has been proclaimed over the airwaves. Through this radio program, conferences around the country, and mission efforts and tours around the globe, the message of the gospel has been proclaimed. This has been accomplished because of faithful supporters just like you. Would you please consider giving a gift today to honor this ministry and help us celebrate Anniversary Month? You can give your gift when you call 1-800-652-1144. And you can give online, SWRC. Thank you for your continued support of your Watchman on the Wall program. Ministry President Dr. Kenneth Hill is back to continue his look at the greatest prayers in the Bible and how those prayers can help us in our walk with the Lord. Dr. Kenneth C. Hill is back with us. We've been talking about his excellent book, Prayers of the Ancients. This is a 300-page book that will provide the reader with fresh insights into prayer. Kenneth, thank you again for being on the show. Well, thank you very much for allowing me to be here and to share the program with you. I have been blessed by your programming over the last many years. I guess I may be selfish in my pride, But I'm proud of you. I absolutely know that God has used you in the radio ministry like he's used few others. Hmm. And I praise God for that. What an exciting adventure. So, dear brother, I want to thank you. I want to thank my wife and, above all, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is good, to say the least. Kenneth, Psalm 51 is a prayer from a broken heart. What stands out in this prayer that is noteworthy from your point of view? I mean, we look at things a little bit differently, and it's all a valid perspective because we come from different points of view. So tell us how Psalm 51 has touched your heart. Well, the fact that the psalmist's heart was broken, and he portrayed that brokenness to Almighty God is a very important part of the prayer. It's an important part of all prayers, in my opinion. But listen to this. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. And then verse 4 is the one that really captures something that most of us took a long time to figure out or maybe haven't figured it out yet. Against thee, the only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. And then he goes on to say, I was shapen in iniquity in my mother's womb. And he goes on to tell more and more and more. Oh, my. It just shakes me to my very 
inner soul when I read what this man was concerned about and I realize I'm concerned about the same kinds of things. I wasn't concerned about murdering someone at the front lines. I wasn't concerned about those kinds of things, taking a man's wife, as it were. I wasn't concerned about those things. But the sins he mentions go beyond that. Mm. And they become part of who we are when you read it. And when you make it true that you're coming to God with that broken heart and telling him what you have done, what you've desired and the things that have not been pleasing to God. And he says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. He was looking to God, not to himself, He says, you do it as you want to, Lord. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shall thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. And then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Indeed, I've got something I want you to know, Lord. That is that I am your servant. Mm. And that was after, of course, the murder of the leader of the group that was there fighting for David. And here he had then married Bathsheba, and they'd had the baby, and the baby had died. Mm. And I mean, this guy, David, I have a hard time understanding. And I, I ask the Lord often, help me to understand how I can seek after your very heart, the heart of God, and yet be a murderer as Mm. David was. Mm. Well, you see, God's not looking on the action. He's looking upon the heart of that actor. Mm. And that's not saying that David was excused. That's not it at all. But it is saying that David did those things that were necessary for him to be pardoned by a God who's almighty. Right. How amazing that is, Larry. Well, when he said, against thee, thee only, you know, sometimes people sin, they say, well, I'm not hurting anyone. Joseph, you know, when he was seduced by Potiphar, he said, how can I do this evil thing and sin against God? You know, even if they were both consenting, that doesn't really count. It's against God, the God who has redeemed us and made it possible that we could have eternal life. God who is the eternal creator, blessed Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's exactly it, against thee, thee only. So even if the whole world agrees that it's okay to do what you're doing, it's still not okay because it's against God. And that's a tremendous insight. But what about... Psalm 139, it's been considered sublime, noble, notable, and excellent, but it also has words of imprecation and hatred. For example, the psalmist says, do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. So how do you feel about these words of seeming hostility in some of the psalms, the psalms of imprecation? What's your take on that? It's taken me a long time to get to it. 
<laughs> if that makes any sense. I didn't understand it. I accepted it, but I didn't understand it. Don't know that I understand it to this day, but I will tell you that my God is perfect and holy. And in all of his standards, he is holy. And the Lord, in his searching of the psalmist, he finds that there is hatred in this one, but it is hatred for those who come against Almighty God. The question is, do we have a right to be angry toward those who abuse the very name of our God? And the answer is, we do. The answer is, we do. But it is only as we look upon them and their relationship to Almighty God. Mm. And what is our response? Is our response to pray to kill them? Not necessarily. God may call you to do that. That's his business. I don't see it happening, but if it does, it's your business and his business. But what will happen is that you, in this age of grace, are called to give forth the good news of Jesus Christ. So, yeah, things are rough. These people have said things that should never have been said about Almighty God. They have wounded his character in the eyes of some. Well, it's time for us to reach out to them, to show them the truth, to pray that they will receive the truth. And if they don't receive the truth, it won't be because we've not tried. But it'll be our job to tell them to give themselves to a better understanding of who God is. And if they do that, we won't be praying for their death. We'll be praying for their expansion. Amen. We'll be praying Amen. for them to be heard by more people that they might tell the truth as well about Jesus Christ and about God the Father. Amen. And I've noticed that even in this scripture, do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee, It's not that David is angry because somebody insulted him. He's thinking of the honor of God. So it's not a personal vendetta. You know, sometimes people, you just look at them cross-eyed or something, they get angry. But here it's the honor of God. And I had an old pastor many, many years ago who was instrumental in leading me to Christ. He said a Christian is someone who loves what God loves and someone who hates what God hates. And I thought about that. There are some things, you know, Ephesians 4.26, I think it is, it says, be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. I think it's Mark 3, verse 5. I don't have my Bible here, but it says Jesus was going to heal the man with a withered hand. In other words, it wasn't something that was life-threatening. Jesus could have waited a day. But then it says, Jesus looked around at them with anger. And you know, Kenneth, sometimes I think there's such wickedness going on that too many Christians are just so laid back. There's some things we need to get angry about. I'm not saying be violent. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about harming anyone, but some things that need to be so egregious 
in our hearts that we stand up and we do something. And in fact, I've often said that if a person will not stand for something, that person will fall for anything. And I think we have well, you're too many. absolutely correct. Yes, absolutely too, too correct. many Christians today who are falling for anything, and I think it's very upsetting. But Daniel 9 is a prayer of confession. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Now, I think it's significant that Daniel 9 provides us with one of the most important passages in the prophetic scriptures, and yet it begins with confession. When Daniel was in an attitude of humiliation and confession, God revealed some important prophetic truth to him. I find this very significant, and I want to get some of your comments on that Daniel 9 prayer. Well, it is important for us to be as weak as possible to be as subservient as possible, to be given to God in the main, in the whole, so that God can use me, and I'm not trying to use God. That is important, because I've heard pastors and ministers of the gospel who've risen up and tried to use God's word as if it was some sort of a sledgehammer or some sort of an axe. And yet, God didn't give it for that. He gave it for other things. And yet, we find that it's misused. And then there are times when in our own time of concern for ourselves, we find that we can't use God's Word in such a fashion. We have to allow God to use it on us. And when He does that, then we become pliable and we become usable. And then God gives us great understanding that we can't get any other way. And looking at Daniel chapter 9 and thinking of the humiliation that Daniel had at the beginning, that helps me to understand that God gives great gifts to those who are humble before him. And this is how God works. And we don't have to be considering ourselves humble. I don't think many of us (laughs) make that mark. (laughs) But even if we are considering ourselves more humble than others, if we are indeed then God is at work, and I'm excited to see that happen, by the way. Amen. At the end of the book, I believe it's page 300, you have, quote, how to receive Jesus Christ, and I think that's so fitting because I believe the time is short. I believe our world is in a very, very perilous situation. I think something like World War III could break out very quickly. I can't see Vladimir Putin backing up and not winning this war. I mean, his reputation is on the line. So tell us how to receive Jesus Christ as personal Savior and Lord. We're talking there in Daniel 9 that you have to bow before the Lord. You have to give him a true picture of who you are. You have to understand that. And so before we can come to Christ, we have to admit that we have a need That need is we need a Savior because we're a sinner. You need to be willing to turn from your sins, and that's called repentance. 
You need to believe that Jesus died for you and rose from the grave. And through prayer, invite Jesus Christ to come in and control your life through the Holy Spirit. And you will receive Christ as Lord and Savior. Mm. Prayer is the medium that conducts us to salvation. Prayer is important in our life as a Christian and certainly is important to lead us into the Christian life. Hmm. We've been visiting with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill talking about his book, Prayers of the Ancients. And friends, if you feel that maybe you need someone to light a fire in your soul, well, what you need to do is pray. But here's a book that will be a handy tool that will get you into the discipline of prayer. And prayer is a discipline. It will be a real blessing to you. Kenneth, thank you so much for two wonderful shows. Oh, Larry, thank you for allowing me to be a part of the Southwest Radio Church world. Get your copy of the complete two-day conversation on Prayers of the Ancients with Dr. Kenneth Hill and Larry Spargimino. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Today's featured resource is Dr. Kenneth Hill's book, Prayers of the Ancients. This book examines the greatest prayers in the Bible and shows each of us how to have a closer walk with the Lord through prayer. Order your copy of Prayers of the Ancients today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order Prayers of the Ancients online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. James Collins is here now to visit with Von Schatzer, honoring our ministry elders during our anniversary month. April is anniversary month here on the Watchman on the Wall. Our program began in April of 1933. That was when Dr. E.F. Weber, pastor of a church here in Oklahoma City, preached a prophetic message over a local radio station, KTOK. His radio program became his radio church, and that's how we got the name Southwest Radio Church. Now, 89 years later, we're still going strong, making us the oldest continuing daily Christian broadcast in the world. This month, we're taking time to honor our ministry elders, our heroes of the faith, and joining me to share some memories is another one of my personal heroes in the faith, a longtime friend of this ministry and frequent guest, Vaughn Schatzer. Vaughn, thanks for taking some time to share some memories with me today. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be with you today and to share all the blessings God has bestowed upon Southwest Radio Ministries and even through myself being part of that ministry. Thank you. Tell me, how did you come to first be associated with Southwest Radio Ministries? I guess it was about 25 years ago. I sent my first co-authored book and video entitled The Truth Behind the Declaration of Independence to Dr. Noah Hutchings. I never met him, never saw him, but I sent him a copy. And to my surprise, a few days later, I actually got a personal phone call from him. 
I was so surprised and so excited. Well, you became friends with Dr. Noah Hutchings, the former host of this program and the late former president of this ministry. Tell me about your friendship with Noah. He was always like a father image to me. When he would see me, he'd put his arm around me and ask me how I was doing and said he would be praying for me personally. He was thrilled to have me as part of the team to go to the different conferences to speak. He just made me feel so important, and he was so down-to-earth and so godly, and I just loved going to the conferences and listening to him and how he would show love and compassion, and he was always interested in souls. Vaughn, do you remember your very first appearance on our program? Yes, I do. And our good brother, Dr. Larry Spargimino, I had met him. I did the first radio interview with him. And I'll be honest, back then, 25 years ago, I was very nervous, but he comforted me and prayed with me. And that first interview went so well. He asked me all the questions that I was familiar with concerning the Declaration of Independence. And the program went very well, and we was able to inform many people, and hopefully a lot of seeds were planted for people to be saved. Well, you mentioned him, and I know that you've gotten to be friends with our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino. I heard that the two of you actually roomed together years ago when you were traveling to conferences. I know that you've got to have some good stories about Pastor Larry. <laughs> Is it true that he snores like a freight train? That's what I want to know. Oh, brother James, God bless you. I got to be honest, okay? I can't remember him snoring like a freight train, but I do remember the times we must have stayed up, I don't know how long, and talked about all kinds of things of the Bible, and we actually laughed and cried together about different aspects of yeah. God and His Word. But I became great friends with him, and any time I had a hard question I couldn't answer, I could always call Dr. Spargimino, and he would take the time to break down the Scripture, the Hebrew, the Greek, and explain to me what it meant. So he's been a great friend, a great encouragement to me. He's certainly been like a father to me in the ministry as well. He's yes. been such a wonderful mentor over the years. When you were traveling around going to conferences all those years ago, what are some of the other things, maybe some of the other people that stand out in your mind from your association with Southwest Radio Ministries? I was a truck driver at the time. I had not been to a university. And for me, I was a crooked stick that God was using to draw a straight line, so to speak. And here I am from back in the mountains of Pennsylvania, rubbing shoulders with these godly men that have been to Bible school and were pastors and had degrees on their sleeves. And as I would go to these conferences, brother, I would hear all these great men speak. And I mean, God just loaded my wagon with truth with wisdom and discernment and how to win souls and all these different things. And all day long, I would be taking notes and buying books and videos. And then I even got to have dinner with these men and got to know them. I had a little bit of heaven being with the team from Southwest Radio Ministries and all the great speakers you've had over the years. Vaughn, I know that you have a strong passion 
for seeing men and women come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you take a moment and share the saving gospel in case there's somebody listening to us today that doesn't have a one-on-one personal relationship with the Lord? It was 42 years ago next month that I received Christ as my Savior. That preacher that day asked me if my name was in one of the books in heaven. I didn't know the Bible back when I was unsaved. I didn't know what he was talking about. And I said, no, I don't know where my name is. So he took me down what was called the Romans Road. And the first verse he used was Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He said the first thing a person has to do to go to heaven is admit they're a sinner to God. I put up my hand, I thought, well, I'm the chief sinner of everybody, playing in a rock and roll band, acting like a heathen most of my life. And next he said, you know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6.23. And he said the bad news was so bad because the good news was so good. And the bad news is we're all going to head to a spiritual death one day, And that's not a physical death, a spiritual death in a place called hell because of our own personal sin. That was the bad news. The good news was the gift of God, which means unmerited favor, is through Jesus Christ, not through a church, but through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I thought, well, I want that gift, but I probably can't get it because I've been too bad. And then the preacher shared with me, that's why Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He paid the penalty. You see, Jesus was God in flesh. So on the cross, he paid for our sins and the sins of the whole world. And finally, he quoted Romans ten thirteen: For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he put my name in there. If Vaughn Schatzer shall call or ask or pray to Jesus he shall be saved. And June 15th, 1980, 8.15 p.m., Brother James, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, and I haven't been the same since, and that's how I got saved. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. I hope someone listening today will do the very same thing. Vaughn, thank you for being a friend of the Watchman on the Wall over the years, and thank you for sharing some memories with me today. Thank you, brother. How did people like Daniel, David, and Moses talk to God? What can we learn from their example? What can we know about God himself from the prayers of Isaiah, Job, Paul, and the Lord Jesus Christ? Find out in Dr. Kenneth Hill's book, Prayers of the Ancients. Prayers of the Ancients will help you discover new insights about prayer, God's character, and the lives of his praying people. Dr. Kenneth Hill shares examples from Scripture to show what it means to walk with God on our knees. Your own prayer life will be enriched as you study the great prayers of the ancients. Prayers of the Ancients is available to order today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order Prayers of the Ancients online swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Tomorrow, Larry Stamm and James Collins remember the horrors of the Holocaust. Be sure and tune in. 
Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for 89 years by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Thank you.